When I was writing the book, I went back and reread the first book, Arthur's Nose, and it ends with, and there's a lot more to Arthur than his nose. And little did I know how true that would become and what great adventures Arthur would take me on. Hey everyone, I'm Bianca Schultz from the Children's Book Review, and this is the Growing Readers Podcast. In this episode, I talk with Mark Brown, the creator of the best-selling author adventure book series, which has over 160 million author books in print. He also is the executive producer of the longest-running children's television series, Author, on PBS. He lives in New York City and Martha's Vineyard. Before I share our conversation, here's the synopsis for his latest book, Believe in Yourself, What We Learned from Arthur. As the award-winning Arthur TV series reaches its 25th anniversary, what better way to celebrate America's favorite aardvark than this collection of life lessons perfect for graduations and other milestones. Join Arthur and his friends as they share the funniest and most heartfelt moments from the longest running children's television show in US history and classic book series created by master storyteller, Mark Brown. This treasure trove of quotes and life lessons is divided into five sections that will inspire readers of all ages to listen to their hearts, work together, have an original point of view, and most of all, to believe in themselves. Featuring over 60 pieces of all new artwork, here is a keepsake perfect for super fans, young and old, as well as the next generation being introduced to this beloved character. Mark Brown, welcome to the Growing Readers Podcast. I am so thrilled to have the opportunity to talk to you about your new book, Believe in Yourself, What We Learned from Arthur. I'm excited to talk to you about it too. I love the fact that it highlights 45 years of the books and 25 years of the TV show. But can I start by asking how it feels to have been entertaining families for decades, not only in the U.S., but in more than 83 languages and countries. It, it makes me feel wonderful. Uh, and also, uh, I'm kind of aware of it being a big responsibility. <laughs> I can imagine. I mean, being in, invited into families' homes and teaching them all of these wonderful life lessons. But so with the final season of yeah. the animated Arthur series airing this spring, it's 
kind of the perfect time to release Believe in Yourself because it is filled with those nuggets of wisdom and some of the humor that we've learned from Arthur and friends over the years. So before we take a deep dive into the book, I'm hoping that you'll share, just for nostalgia's sake, the story of how Arthur, the eight-year-old Aardvark, first came to be. Because to quote the back matter of uh, Believe in Yourself, you said you were literally saved by Arthur. I was. I was having a terrible day. I had just learned that the small college where I was teaching in Boston was closing and I was jobless. Uh, and I had a young son who needed diapers <laughs> and all kinds of things. And I went home and uh, he wanted a bedtime story that night. And I said, oh, I'm kind of feeling kind of sad. I just lost my job. And he said, oh, dad, maybe it will make you feel better. And he was right. So together we looked for an animal to tell this story about. And I started searching in the pantheon of children's literature for an unused animal. And Aardvark kind of popped up. <laughs> and so we started there. And then he wanted to know his name. And then he asked me for a little drawing of Arthur. And when I was drawing it, I realized Aardvark's had big noses. And so that's kind of where the story began. And it, it was a story about Arthur's nose. And, you know, I, I realized after I finished the story and tucked him in that I really had fun doing that. And I remember my great grandmother and my grandmother telling us stories when we were kids and how much fun that was. So I thought, could this be a job? And I took, uh, I wrote down this bedtime story and did some drawings. And I took it to Little Brown Publishers in Boston. And my very first editor, Emily McLeod, she read it. She said, it needs a lot of work. And she was right. <laughs> I was using <laughs> a paragraph for what a good picture book sentence can do. You know, when you write a picture book, you've got the words on one side, the pictures on the other side, and it's like you're balancing this delicate scale. And I always want the words to do what the pictures can't do, and the pictures to do what the words can't do. So if you get a duplication, I, I try to uh, subtract what I don't need. Uh, I, because I believe less is more. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so you had Arthur's nose. And then I know that you attribute the idea of Arthur becoming a series to librarian Mary Lankford and Emily McLeod, who you just mentioned. Yes. So talk us through yeah. this. Like, so you started with Arthur's ah. nose and then suddenly you had this series. Well, it was the power of teachers and librarians that I think gave Arthur his send off. And I was terrified of going out and speaking to people in public. And so I kind of forced myself to accept these school visits. And on one of the early visits, Mary Lankford, librarian in Dallas, Texas, said to me, Mark, do you, are you serious about this business? You, you want to make a living at it? And I said, yeah, I really like doing this. And she said, well, you should consider some. Uh, holiday books, because teachers are always looking for holiday books for kids. Uh, so 
I went to work uh, trying to figure out what holidays I would write about. And that got me started. And I also learned the power of a series about a character and how that could really make a difference with kids. Because once a child enjoyed the characters they were reading about, they wanted more. Uh, so those were things that helped me along in the beginning. Okay, so, all right, so we've gone from one picture book and then we have this series that's starting to blossom. And many authors will only ever dream of their books becoming a TV show or a movie. So tell us about now the step from Arthur becoming a book, going from paper to the screen. How did that happen? Uh, I got this phone call from Carol Greenwald, uh, executive producer uh, for children's programming at WGBH in Boston, PBS affiliate. And she wanted to talk about taking Arthur to television. And I, to be honest with you, I wasn't really that interested. Uh, I had turned down a couple of offers before this. And she said, but listen to what we want to use Arthur for, Mark. We want kids to watch television, uh, use animation to make kids want to read. And I thought, well, that is a pretty good way, a, a good use, positive use of television. And at the time, my wife, Lori, was uh, co-directing Project Zero with Howard Gardner at Harvard, and they were studying children's media. So I was a little plugged into media through her. And I, the first thing she said parents should do with kids and television is teach them how to turn it off. Uh, <laughs> so yes. That's kind of where I was coming from. I love it. Well, you'll, you'll but, be, uh, oh, sorry, you might be amused to know that my, uh, my seven-year-old actually has not been taught how to turn it on. <laughs> <laughs> you are a great parent. <laughs> I learned from my friend, Fred Rogers, who used television successfully for many years with kids, that you could use it for positive, in positive ways to teach kids uh, and to draw them in. And so I kind of wanted to learn from Fred and how he had used TV in positive ways and carry that over to Arthur. Okay, well, since you just brought up Fred Rogers, I know that from reading Believe in Yourself and the back matter, that one of the most rewarding aspects of creating the show of Arthur was the friends that you made and that the day that you probably treasure the most was the day that you met and befriended Fred Rogers. So I would love to hear about that day if you'd be willing to share. Yeah, well, you know, one of the fun parts of my job with Arthur and television was turning our guest stars into animals. And I was invited to go to Pittsburgh along with some of the other uh, people who make the show. And it turned out to be a very rough morning. I got stuck in a traffic jam driving to Logan Airport in Boston and I missed my flight to Pittsburgh where we were to meet Fred. And uh, I got to the desk at the airport and the woman who was there, I, I was almost in tears. I said, I've got to get on a plane to Pittsburgh. I've got an appointment with Mr. Rogers. <laughs> and she said, the Mr. Rogers? <laughs> and I said, yes, 
And so she started clicking away on her computer. And before I knew it, I was on the next flight to Pittsburgh in first class. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and the power of Fred, right? So I, I get to his television studio and the receptionist said, uh, everyone's at lunch, but just go down to the end of the hall and you can wait in Fred's office. So I open the door and there is Fred sitting on his sofa. And he said to me, oh, Mark, I'm so glad you're here. I was waiting for you. Uh-huh. And the tension of the day just melted away. And I knew that he had just lost his friend, Johnny Costa, who played the piano on his show forever. And so I took him a book that my wife, Lori, and I did together, When Dinosaurs Die. It's a book about helping families get through the loss of someone. He said, oh, I know this book. I use it with families all the time. I love it. And I also took a little Arthur stuffed animal. And he hugged it. And we had a wonderful day together. He's showing me around his studio and how all the puppets worked and the sets worked. And at the end of the day, I was saying goodbye to him and walking down the hall. And I heard a little voice behind me. It said, Mark, Mark. And I turned around and Fred had opened the door to his office a little bit. And he could get Arthur's head out the door and he was using him as a puppet. And he said, don't worry about me, Mark. I'll be just fine. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, that was my first encounter with the great Fred Rogers. I love that. I love that the way you described him from a personal meeting was how we have come to know him from TV. So that's Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm so glad that you shared that. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I I bet you never imagined in your wildest dreams that from 1976 when Arthur's Nose released and then now in 2022 the picture book series has more than 100 books and I've read that in from Publishers Weekly that just in the US alone have sold more than 65 million copies, let alone becoming the longest running animated children's series in television history. Since people often measure success in different ways, I just want to know at what point in your career did you realize that Arthur was a triumph? <laughs> uh, I There was no specific point in history uh, where I realized that he wasn't going anywhere. Um, And, you know, this year is monumental for Arthur, uh, celebrating 25 years of books and 45 years of books. Um, That's my cat, Romeo, meowing in the background. Hi, Romeo. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's wanting something to eat. So, you know, it's, it's this year that is special. And 
that, that's really how the book happened, um, wanting to celebrate this year and the two anniversaries happening together. In a way, I, you know, I, I thought I'm probably never going to write a memoir. So this book is probably the closest thing that I'll get to writing a memoir. And it, it allowed me to introduce the whole experience and adventure of, of Arthur, and then share a lot of personal facts about writing books, making TV shows. Uh, and that was very satisfying. Yeah, I bet. So let's dive in a little bit deeper. So I just want to say the title one more time because I love it. Believe in yourself, what we learned from Arthur. So you've described Arthur as an aardvark navigating the mud puddles of life. I love that description. So to pull from your welcome note in the book, Arthur has tackled some of life's smallest and greatest challenges from head lice and bullying to fear and anxiety to coping with a loved one's cancer diagnosis. So I want to know who helped decide which life lessons and special moments should be highlighted in the book? Because with so much creative content to pull from of decades, like that can't have been an easy job. So how did you decide which highlights to, to put in this book? Which nuggets of wisdom to share? I, I gave myself the luxury of a few months to really review all the books and the television programs. And uh, it was just a very personal uh, matter of, choosing things that resonated with me or things I felt we did pretty well to help kids and families. And I wanted to include them in the book. So it was just a, a personal selection of Arthur's greatest hits, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I love it. Well, there's also more than 60 pieces of all new artwork in the book. Do you have a favorite spread you could talk about creating and why it's meaningful to you in the book? Like, is there one particular spread that really felt like it was? There's not one, but there are several of them. And they're the spreads of uh, art that I redid from television shows. Because when this whole began, uh, this, this television uh, transition to television, I had to share my characters with animators and they were drawing my characters. And in this book, I could go back and redraw things that I wanted to tweak a little bit and, and make uh, the book art and the television art come together as one. So that was very satisfying to be able to redo the art from the television programs and make it meld into where I started with the books. Yeah, well, actually, I just a little segue. I'm curious when when um, animators first started drawing Arthur for the TV shows, did you have any specific feelings about that? Because, you know, he, he has his look has changed since that original Arthur's Nose book. That's one of the questions I get asked most often from kids. Uh, why did Arthur's Nose change? And, you know, that first book, Arthur's Nose, his very long, Ardvarkian nose. And it was not a conscious effort, but over the years, his face got rounder, his nose got smaller and smaller and smaller. And uh, I sometimes wonder, do you think Michael Jackson may have read my books as a child? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I worry. 
worry about things like that. You know? <laughs> okay. So when this book is in the hands of a Rita, and I'm gonna going to guess that this book won't just be in the hands of young readers. It's gonna be in the hands of older readers too that that grew up, you know, yeah. with Arthur themselves. Yeah. So so what impact do you hope that believe in yourself has on readers, young or old? I think it will remind us and refresh us about all of the things that Arthur has taught us over the years. And and writing this book was unique for me because I was writing for this wide range of uh, uh, audience, parents who were sharing Arthur with their kids but grew up with Arthur. I mean, that doesn't happen too often with picture books. So uh, I was kind of celebrating childhoods with the adults and introducing children um, anew to Arthur. So it was a, a really interesting project to put those two, two groups together in one book. I'm sure that you hear from so many fans of both the author books and TV episodes about the impact that your characters and their experiences have had on them. So is there a piece of fan fan mail that stands out to you that you'd be willing to share? Like, does, does a piece of fan mail pop right into your head? <laughs> oh, I, every day, every day things come in. Uh, this is uh, one that came in yesterday. I'm getting more and more letters from adults. Uh, Dear Mr. Brown, I grew up reading Arthur books. I loved your book so much. And when I was a kid, my sister and I tried to use Arthur's method of pet sitting in order to convince my parents to let us get a dog. Long story short, the idea never became utilized, but we were able to get a dog. We had named... Uh, nicknamed him Pal. Honestly, I did love the books and I used to have a collection of all of them. I also grew up watching the TV show and I'll still watch the occasional episode. Uh, they do a great job of addressing different situations, you know, or, or I'll hear from parents who have autistic kids and, and we've addressed that with Arthur and issues like that, that don't often get addressed by television shows for children and how impactful that was for their family. I, I, I got a letter from a father who didn't realize his child was autistic until he saw the program about autism with Arthur. So uh, Arthur has really done some good things for families. Uh, Mark Brown. I'm so grateful that you first wrote that author's nose with your son. You could have been down in the dumps that Me one day. Too. I know, right? And then, but you seized the moment and connected with your it's son. It's led me and, on yeah. all kinds of great adventures. I have a question that I like to ask everybody. And it's kind of a classic um, book nerd question, but they say to be a writer that you need to be a reader first. And so I'm curious, was there a pivotal moment in which you considered yourself a reader? And what were the books that you remember reading the most as a child? The earliest book I remember was a little golden book about a boy going to the circus with his father and spending the day with him and coming home at night. And I, I can still see 
these beautiful skies that the illustrator painted that were pinks and blues and yellows. So that's actually the first book that made an impression on me. But we didn't have a lot of books in our house. There wasn't a lot of money growing up. Uh, so I remember the, being grateful to the bookmobile in the summer when school was out, and I could go every week and pick out new books. But you know, what I think helped me more than anything as a child to kind of build this foundation and, as, and confidence to become a writer is growing up with a great grandmother and a grandmother who told us stories whenever we wanted them. My great-grandmother would tell us stories about coming to America with her 13 brothers and sisters and getting stuck in an iceberg for two weeks and having to cut bread for them while the storm was brewing outside and the ship was rocking in the dark because they were down in the hold of the ship and how she cut her hand open. And then she would show me the scar and her stories were filled with amazing details like that. And then her daughter, Grandma Thora, uh, who became Arthur's Grandma Thora, she would tell us stories whenever we wanted them and usually give us a back rub. I remember her spooky stories, I think the best, because she would take out her false teeth to ah. tell them. And that would make them really spooky. <laughs> she was terrific, terrific storyteller. I love it. Well, obviously, you know, it got passed down to you. So before we go, Mark, I just would like to know the first thing that pops into your mind when I say the best part of your career so far is? Unfinished. When I was writing the book, I went back and reread the first book, Arthur's Nose, and it ends with, and there's a lot more to Arthur than his nose. And little did I know. <laughs> how true that would become and what great adventures Arthur would take me on. Ah, that's such a great way to end our conversation. Mark, thank you so, so much for your time. It's My been pleasure. an absolute pleasure talking with you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on this quest for growing readers. 
Be sure to check out our show notes. You'll find links to order a copy of Believe in Yourself, What We Learned from Arthur. To see which author or illustrated guests we have coming up and how you can be on our podcast and have your questions answered by authors and illustrators, visit us at thechildrensbookreview.com forward slash the growing readers podcast. If you like this show, remember you can hear it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Chromecast, or anywhere else you like to listen. Subscribe to the show to get new episodes as soon as they launch. If you're enjoying our book chats, please leave us a review. And while you're at it, tell a friend to come and have a listen. The Growing Readers Podcast is a production of the Children's Book Review. To discover more fantastic books for kids, just like Mark Brown's Believe in Yourself, What We Learned from Arthur, I hope you'll visit us at thechildrensbookreview.com. Thank you.